Welcome to Money Vision U. In this podcast, we are passionate about teaching the financial class you should have had in high school so you can learn how to fast track your financial freedom. If you want to learn how to make, manage, and multiply your money and see opportunities the way the wealthy do, then you came to the right place. I'm your host, Stuart Berryhill. Money Vision U, class in session. Welcome to another episode of Money Vision U. On um, this episode, we got a special surprise here. We don't just have one guest, not even two guests. We got a full team, three guests coming uh, with Rackley Realty team based out of Little Rock, Arkansas. And they are going to talk about buying a first house today. So with that being said, welcome to the podcast, Rackley team. Thank you, Stuart. Thanks for having us. It's an awesome podcast to get to be a part of. We're we're excited, man. I think I heard you got about a, a thousand downloads going, and that's pretty awesome. It's an awesome accomplishment to create something like this and keep it going so strong. And we're excited to be your, you know, your real estate partners. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. We're taking it one baby step at a time and growing and maybe we'll get to that Robert Kiyosaki level one day or something. Come on, baby. Uh, But hey, financial literacy for the millennials and Gen Z, that's what we're all about. Um, But yeah, so we have Chase, Ramsey and Blake with the Rackley team on here. And uh, I'll I'll just start by letting you guys kind of introduce yourselves to the listeners. So each one of you guys, y'all can just give us a little uh, background and uh, what you're doing and maybe how you got into real estate and things like that. Yeah, I'll start. Yeah. So, uh, I got in the business, um, almost six years ago and, uh, Chase and I, uh, basically ran into each other, um, at a local restaurant here in Little Rock and, uh, kind of struggled with conversation. Uh, we had a lot of mutual friends and, uh, and one thing led to another, went had coffee and ended up forming a team together. So fast forward now, almost six years, and uh, we have been, you know, helping people buy and sell homes in Central Arkansas for for a bit. Um, and so it's been it's been a fun gig. Uh, my dad and my grandmother were both realtors growing up, so it's uh, some a business that I was exposed to at a young age. Um, didn't really know what it looked like to get into it after I got out of college. Kind of had some other plans, um, and I think you know it's definitely been a god thing and been pretty awesome. So. Awesome. I've enjoyed it. Every day is an adventure. It is always a, uh, a, a different learning experience. So it's awesome. Awesome. So passed down like- from one generation to the other, kind of being yes, in real sir. estate. Love it. That's awesome. All right. So kind of like how, um, you know, Ramsey met up with, with Chase. I am essentially uh, Ramsey from, from six years ago. I, uh, <laughs> I just started last week um, and um, I, I actually met up with Ramsey would have been almost a year ago now. I'd been kind of interested in real estate um, and was kind of putting out some feelers and, and figuring out what, what that path might look like. And um, just over the last year have, have made that, that work and got the ball rolling. And as of last week, I am ready to roll. So got Blake got his first listing in his first week and sold it for how many dollars over ask price? Almost 20 over. 
Hey, yeah, almost twenty, 20 over. And I, I, as we're on this podcast, I just got a text. It's the seller. He said, "Hey, Chase and Blake, my dad wants you to talk to him about listing his house. Thank you <laughs> nice. for taking such great care of us. So, just super appreciative to have incredible people, incredible character." like Ramsey and Blake on the team. I'm just so thankful to have the squad. My, my intro into this was uh, in college, I started a small marketing business from uh, just doing websites. I would, on my commutes to and from school, I would just call all the businesses I saw driving and I would say, hey, what do you like about your site? What, do you, what would you like for it to do differently or how could it be better? And uh, if I could, you know, design the site to be like you like without, um, in fact, I could make your, your website cost even less than what you're paying now. Would you let me build it? And we ended up getting to build over a hundred websites, uh, and, uh, quickly became a, a nationally equipped full-scale digital marketing agency. And it was such a fun, uh, discovery to find out about these businesses and unhide the greatness about them and reveal what's to love about these different, uh, businesses to their, to their market. And so, uh, ended up having the opportunity to take that skill set to the automotive industry, doing that for Crane uh, Automotive. Um, and it's kind of a backstory there that's more than we have time for right now. But essentially, after doing that for a year, uh, Larry ended up selling the business that I was helping do the marketing for and uh, just challenged me to get out of the automotive industry um, and paid for me to go to Atlanta to take the Johnson O'Connor aptitude test where it's this two day test and they, you know, throw balls at you and evaluate how you respond and drop these textile blocks on the table and say, put it in the shape of a, you know, cube and they time you and, you know, all these different tests. And after two days at the end of it, they give you a list of, you know, your top 10 most likely energizing and profitable and uh, gifted natural gifting towards a certain industry or career. And my number one was to run a real estate brokerage. Oh, wow. So that's I made that my goal. very specific. Yeah. It was, man. Oh, I was uh, thinking it was just going to be like, yeah, you should be a business owner, but it was saying specifically. Oh, yeah. Specifically real estate. Yeah. And they even, they even, uh, one of my tests was showed that I was, uh, kind of right in the middle for either commercial or residential. And they weren't, they weren't really sure which one I would line up with. And, and I just kind of chose real estate uh, for residential uh, to run with because I think you get a lot more interaction with people and it's a lot more emotional. On the way here, right before this podcast, Ramsey made the comment, this is such an emotional job. And we were hmm. just meeting with somebody who said out loud for the first time that they were getting separated, that they were not going to be able to make their marriage work. And then, you know, we remembered about how there's, you know, uh, Ramsey had written down on the consultation packet, Mr. And Mrs. Wright and the, the, the they were still engaged and the fiance, the, the wife, she said, she started tearing up. She said, it's the first time I've ever seen it on paper. And this oh. is just so exciting for me. Um, you know, we've had deaths, we've had divorce, we've had, you know, engagements, we've had new jobs, new careers, you know, Westrock uh, bringing great people into the city for their business. Um, you know, just incredible, emotional events. And it's so exciting to be a part of such a significant purchase decision. And so we take that very seriously. And our team's done a really good job of helping leverage the tools and technology and training that we've been blessed with 
to help these people have a great experience. Well, that, yeah, that's awesome. And just buying a house in and of itself. I mean, that's a, you know, really cool thing for people, people to be able to accomplish, especially if it's their first one, you know, a lot of people, uh, the statistics show that, um, people are waiting until later and later on to become a first time home buyer. So it makes it that much more special. You know, if you're in your thirties and buying a house for the first time. Um, but no, that's cool. I love, I love the whole story, um, of Rackley of the Rackley team here. And yeah, I love how even back in uh, college you were hustling. And I mean, that that's what I always talk about with money vision. You, you're literally just seeing the opportunities. I mean, you're just driving by on the interstate or the highway, seeing opportunities to, go build totally. a business and you're telling them it sounded like too what hey there's some things not, that could be better yeah. on your website that could absolutely be love that that's it absolutely no that's awesome i wanted to go ahead and get into the topic here that we're going to talk about because we're going to talk about um just some pointers that you guys have as a as a real estate team on maybe people buying their first house or we could even talk about selling houses uh, different things like that. And I know our, our listeners are going to be probably a little bit younger for the most part. Um, so a lot of them may be looking to buy a house for the first time. So what are some pointers uh, that you guys may have on buying a first house, whether it be things you should look for or things you should be aware of? Uh, Blake or Ramsey, I don't know if you guys want to take that one there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I would say first things first, find you an awesome real estate agent, right? Um, this is, I think as millennials, we kind of have the, um, I can do this on my own with technology mentality. So it's like, you know, I, I can use Zillow. I can use realtor.com. I can kind of figure these things out and, you know, I, I'll click a little inquiry and see if a lender will call me or try to apply online. You know, we have this like very technology forward kind of outlook. And I think, um, you know, you've really got to do yourself a favor and just say, um, let me hire a professional here who can absolutely, you know, hold my hand through this process. This isn't some, you know, I'm buying a new pair of shoes and I just need something that fits right. You know, you're, you're buying the most expensive thing you've ever purchased and is most, most people's most expensive and most valuable asset. Um, so more than any other transaction in your life, you've got to really have someone who can carry your, like hold your hand through the process and make sure that you're making wise decisions. Um, and we've had- Can I make a comment on that real quick? Do it, yeah, of course. I want to interject. So one of the things that uh, Ramsey and I found was really important for us early on, especially as newer, younger agents, is we wanted to, we made it a rule for ourselves. It was know who they need to know. So we surrounded ourselves with the people in this, for each step of the buying process, it was important that they need to know this person for that step. One of the most important steps is the inspection. I'm fast forwarding for a second because I just bumped into Joe Andrews here. What's up, guys? Joe is a rock star home inspector, and we just got to meet up real quick. He's dropping off a key for me for one of our houses. I just wanted to say you got to get that right inspector. He's going to find the things that are most important for you to look out for. So we're just talking about this house that we're about to buy right now. He's like, hey, everything's pretty clean. Most important thing is that roof. So we now know we got to get that roofer out there. So there's all these little steps, but one of the most important things is know who you need to know. So I'll, I'll let y'all keep going. I'm, hey, I'm going to say that. Jet. And uh, Chase is uh, Chase is mobile here. If, if y'all can't tell. So he, he's, uh, 
He's seeing all of Little Rock while uh, while doing this podcast, and I'll I'll echo that too, real quick. Sorry, Ramsey. I'll I'll echo that too because, uh, as a matter of fact, when we were doing our under contract for our fix and flip house, we um, did a home inspection uh, for it, and a lot of people may be like, ah, I think we can see it all right now, and so we'll just move forward with it without getting an inspection or something like that. Um, but for ours, it was a investment property, and so we did a home inspection cost. $400. Actually, I think it was a little less than that. And they found, they uncovered some good stuff with the foundation. And we were able to, because of that, knock $10,000 off of the purchase price. And so mm-hmm. that was the power of just having a good home inspection. It literally saved 10 grand because this is something we're flipping and selling. So wanted to go ahead and throw that in there. Good stuff. Yeah. What else? What sure. else and we've, had, we've had clients before, like we'll meet with them for a listing appointment, maybe say, you know, they were, when they bought the house, they you know, maybe it was a new construction and they were first time home buyers and we're sitting down, you know, talking about, you know, this is the process to sell, et cetera, et cetera. Or even, you know, we get under contract and we're going through, you know, the selling process of their house with the buyer's repair requests and, you know, be, them being surprised, you know, wow, this is, you know, more items than I expected on, you know, a home that's pretty new, you know, we bought this brand new and we've asked the question, wait, what did you, did you, were these found on your home inspection when you bought it? And they've responded, oh, we didn't know we needed a home inspection. We just saw the house being built. We called the builder and we just trusted it as a new construction. Mm-hmm. We just moved right in. And if they would have had a realtor, they would have known, even on a new construction, no matter what, you've got to get that home inspection to make sure to cover yourself. Because things can always be missed. They can always be forgotten. Um, and you just want to make sure that ultimately everything you could possibly know and collect in the, the first part of the process you do so that whenever you go to sell the house, those are going to be issues for the next person, or they could be large costs or safety concerns for you at any point in the process. Yeah, no, that's good for sure. Uh, so having a realtor, definitely important. And I agree with that. You just always want friends to like, you just want friends and relationships with people that you're working with. Sure. Um, and so I definitely think that's important. Um, what, uh, what are some things, so let's say somebody is looking, because we got listeners all over, let's say somebody's looking for a property and maybe it's a state y'all aren't licensed in, like a Washington. You know, I don't know if anyone's getting licensed in Washington anytime soon, uh, but is there any specific things that you should look for in a real estate agent? Or is there uh, things to be weary of or things like that? Or is it just finding someone that you can kind of click with and I don't know, you, you, you just vibe well with, what are some specific things you might say to look for in a real estate agent? I mean, I can, I can speak to this. Uh, I mean, I would say, you know, for me, if, if I were going through the process as a, as a buyer, as a first time home buyer and kind of thinking, okay, where do I even start? How do I find a realtor? You know, number one, asking around, right. Word of mouth is still, I think, you know, one of your biggest, um, ways to find out someone's reputation. And also, you know, as an agent, word of mouth is how I get the majority of my business, right? So asking your friends, people you trust, whether it be um, friends, family, you know, whatever, and asking, hey, did you, do you guys use a realtor to buy this? Who'd you use? You know, what were some things you liked about them? What are some things they did well, some things you wish they could improve on? And then, you know, setting up an appointment with, with a realtor to kind of interview, you know, don't be afraid to say, hey, you know, can we go meet up for coffee? and kind of talk through the process, we're interviewing agents and seeing who you do click with the best. Because you've got to figure out, number one, whose you know, communication style works best for you. 
you know, a huge portion of, of buying real estate is the communication on the front end, right? So like us communicating the homes that are hitting the market, us communicating with the other agent when we're trying to negotiate on your behalf and communicating with you, like what you expect to get out of this process, right? And so that we make sure that when we turn around at the closing table, that this was a, a profitable experience for you where you you feel that you were heard and, and that all your needs were met. Um, so yes, for sure interview multiple people, ask around, listen for reputations, listen for the things that, you know, they've done well. Um, that's huge. Yeah. I, yeah. Having, having a word of mouth. Yeah. That's still to me is the best and most trustworthy way to find somebody. Of course. Um, and there's of course sites like Zillow.com, Realtor.com, Google, like all those also have reviews too. You know, if you're, if you're interviewing someone, maybe check their website, see if they've got any reviews or say, Hey, do you have any reviews I could read or any, you know, past clients I could connect with, you know, to mm -hmm. let me know exactly how you, how you served them. Yeah. Having reviews is good for sure. And then, uh, like you said, just the word of mouth, people aren't going to refer bad people. <laughs> so, um, I, I think that that's definitely good. And I know I've gone on even Facebook groups. You can find, uh, local Facebook real estate groups and ask for referrals. And, uh, I, that's how I found people to do like contracting work is like multiple people referred the same person. So, um, that was, that was good for me. What other, um, so staying on the topic of kind of your team, what are some other members of, uh, I guess, a real estate buyers team? What, who do they need to know um, for the journey? Because there's obviously going to be more than the realtor and the home inspector. What else, uh, who else do they need to be connected with? Well, I mean, you're going to need to know, obviously, the brokers of the agency. Um, if you have any questions coming up through the, throughout the process that are, that are hard or if you know your agent doesn't know those answers they need to have a reliable broker that they can that they can turn to for those hard questions um i know personally uh for me you know just through the one one deal that i've been a part of i've had multiple questions that i needed assistance with so um you know being able to rely on um leaders of a team uh, is very important so i think finding finding a good team and finding multiple agents and brokers that can help represent you and your needs um, is something, something worth looking into. And I think yeah, that totally. um, that's one of the reasons why I chose to become a part of this team is that I know I can trust and look to uh, the leadership here um, for advice in any given situation. Love that. Another uh, person on the team is, is the mortgage broker, the, the lender, the money man or money woman, uh, so yeah, that's, that's one of the people that we've worked really hard to, if, you know, depending on the person's financial goals, financial position, uh, you know, whether they're a doctor or uh, a veteran, you know, we, we've learned that it's really important for us as their realtor to know who they need to know, who can get that person the best possible loan for them. So yeah, a good lender, um, a, a good inspector, and also a great insurance agent. Uh, having a good insurance agent can make or break a deal because, you know, if you, if you get a really good rate on your insurance, you can afford a house, you know, you're, that, that goes into your monthly payment. And so um, having a great insurance agent is a really big, big part of that too. Um, and then the last thing I can think of uh, in addition to all the other subcontractors, like 
you know, you need to get know a good roofer. You need to get know a good plumber. You need to know a good electrician, you know, a good structural engineer, a good mold specialist. We've got all that. We have a huge list. We call it Rackley Recommends. And so on our Rackley Recommends, we got all those subs. But uh, one of the last ones I can think of is a good closing company. You need a good title company that you've got a good relationship with. And we've got a couple that we send a lot of business to. And so they, they really do a good job of showing our clients great attention and making sure things are handled smoothly, conveniently, uh, with the, the same level of great communication that is important to us on the, on the beginning of the stage. We want our, our vendors, our title company, and insurance and inspectors, all that. We want them to honor that same commitment to great service that we aim to provide. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Let me, let me just recap some of those team members, make sure I got them all. You've got your lender because most everyone buying a house is probably going to finance it and take on debt. And uh, if not, then you need a good insurance or a good investor manager, you know, good, uh, like a wealth manager, because if you're not getting a loan, you may need to make sure you've, you know, had the conversations about investments that might be good for you to consider. If you've got enough cash to buy, you know, a quarter million dollar property, it might be strategic to consider talking with a, a wealth manager about investing the difference in, in a, in a, you know, in the stock market or, you know, mutual funds or uh, oh yeah whatever, you know, getting multiple on multiple investments. Yeah, I, I agree. I, yeah, not to get too much into a, I guess a spill here, but I personally, I like the idea of taking on, well, debt in a in a mortgage, so you can put three to five percent down, borrow money at a fixed rate for thirty years for cheap. I mean, that's the way to go. And then you got a lot more to play with, like you said, for whatever you're wanting to invest in, whatever your niche is. That's right. Debt helps you dominate. Okay. Oh, there's the big words right there. That's gonna have to be a caption in the podcast. Debt yeah. helps you dominate. No, for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, so you got your lender just banks that you'll, you'll work with a title company that'll kind of put all the paperwork together. You Some got your insurance an guy, escrow, an escrow company or an escrow officer. Same thing. Yep. Yep. Um, you got your home inspector uh, and then your list of contractors and, and your insurance guy. But I'll say this just to make it not sound like so much, because I know people aren't are probably not listening to this and taking notes. Uh, a, a good thing to to know is that if you can know a good real estate agent, uh, honestly, they can they know everybody. And so That's if right. you know someone who is reputable and um, you know comes referred by multiple people, you don't have to worry too much about uh, uh, knowing who you should specifically put on your team. Maybe you got family friends and maybe you got people that can give you referrals for an insurance agent or whatever it is. Um, but if you have a good real estate agent, they're going to know people um, because they, they do this all day, every day. And so right. um, those are definitely good people to have on your team. And like you said, you know, some, you can get around do, doing a lot of the, these things, I guess for cheaper or not hiring people, but to that point, I'll just say it is expensive being cheap because it can cost you a lot in the long run. So I did want to throw that in there because I know we had talked about that. Um, there is a reason why our parents always said you get what you pay for. Yes, it, it is true. 
as much as we hate it and the moment <laughs> will strike and you're like, oh, I really want to be cheap right here. Just always have that in the back of your mind. For you guys, you know, we got a, a younger audience, like I said. And so what are some, if you could maybe go back <clears throat> and talk to yourself about when you were buying your first house or something like that, what would, what would you recommend to a younger self or somebody younger than you, like a younger brother looking to buy their first house? What would be some pointers, maybe, maybe even financial pointers on, on, on what uh, type of property to look for? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, in my head, you know, financially, to some people, it may seem, you know, out of the realm of what's possible. You know, they may look at it and be like, you know, oh, wow, I, you know, don't have 20% to put down. Well, guess what? You don't have to have 20% to put down. You know, there's, there's other down payment options available. Um, but also, you've got the ability to, you've got to be able to kind of just look at it and say, all right, if I really set my mind to this, I can start saving, even if it's a small amount and putting that money aside into some savings and saving for that down payment. Um, Cause you got down payment, you potentially have some closing costs. Maybe you want to do a little bit of upgrades and maybe buy a new stove or whatever, or you're going to want to buy some furniture, you know, just setting yourself up financially is huge. Whether that be, you know, money aside, it also means, you know, making sure that you're getting your credit in order, you know, you're making sure like, you know, don't miss those credit card payments. Don't miss those student loan payments. Um, you may think like, oh, well, I'm making them, you know, at the end of the day, it's fine. Yeah. But, you know, those being being laid on certain things can definitely have a, a negative hit on your credit, which will affect your credit score, which will affect your insurance rates you can get, which will affect the interest rates you can get in the loan. You know, just kind of trying to have a, have a good view of your finances on the front end is is, is huge. Now, I mean, personally, all of that, everything that, that they're mentioning as far as saving, uh, my wife and I recently built our first home uh, about two years ago, um, and that was exactly what we did. A little bit um, of a different process, you know, working more uh, directly with the builder um, as opposed to an agent, um, in, at least through um, my experience. Um, but we did, you know, do all of those things. We made sure that we were making all of our payments on time so that we were able to get the loan we needed to uh, move forward in that process. So um, that's where my mind was at as well. Ramsey took the words right out of my mouth. So. Yeah. So y'all, yeah, definitely recommend saving a good portion, know what you're kind of going for. Now, having and, those conversations early, like having a conversation with that realtor or that lender early helps you set up goals, you know, and say like, oh, how much do I need to save? Or oh, wow, I can, you know, I don't need to save as much as I thought, or, oh, I do need to work on this a little bit more, or, oh, if I paid this one little debt, it actually sets me up to be able to get an even better, you know, interest rate or whatever, you know? Yeah. And I love, um, I love going on Google and typing in the mortgage calculator <laughs> yeah. and seeing yeah. kind of what, it, it just helps you eye what you could afford and what your monthly payment would be to expect. Now that's just for the mortgage. It's not, um, including, uh, probably doesn't include the interest and, and the uh, insurance and things like that and other expenses, but it can give you an idea of what a monthly payment would look like. Uh, and then it can, uh, give you something to shoot for. Chase, do you have anything to add to that point of, of what to be looking for in a first home? Well, actually my little brother did just, uh, buy a house. And so he was buying in Kansas city. 
And so he asked me to kind of see what might be a good uh, place to start for him. And so I did a little research on who might be the best realtor out in that area. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that we like to do to do that is both based on sales volume and, um, and reviews. And so we've, you know, I, that's what I did for him is I just, you know, took a look and saw, um, you know, who, who's sold the most in the area. I know that he's actually interested in. And I read through those reviews and uh, determined, you know, Hey, here are the two that I would call if I were buying. Um, and we, you know, honestly, if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking about buying, just call the Rackley team. If, if you're buying in California, I don't care. Like we've got a list of, again, that Rackley recommends for realtors all over the country. Um, but also we've got a list of Rackley refuses. And so, you know, it's, it's good to be able to find a good realtor, but it's, it's also really good to make sure you're not working with one that's going to mislead you. And so we've, we've worked hard to make sure we, we can help people find the right person, regardless of which market they're looking in. Um, so yeah, finding that right realtor. Um, and then, yeah, asking those right questions in the interview with that realtor, you want it to be fun. You know, it's gotta be a good time. It's one of the most important decisions you're going to make. And so you want somebody that's going to take it seriously. Um, and at the same time, make it a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I think those are all good points for sure. Um, my thing that I will always tell people, and it was like episode five, I talked about house hacking and episode six, I had a college person on who was house hacking. I love telling people, you know, especially younger people don't have a family yet, things like that to look at the house hacking option, meaning maybe you f find a fourplex and you live in one, rent out the other three, or maybe you have a house and you Airbnb a room or something like that, or Gorgeous. You have a three bedroom and rent out the other two rooms. I love that play for just young people. If you're in co uh, the college person we had on, they uh, bought a house, I think at 150 brand new. I think it was $7,000 for them all in just to get in the property. And then now they got two uh, roommates that pay all the expenses and they've already looked at what it's appreciated to be. And it's like, they could already sell it for 30,000 more uh, right now. And I've just love, and they're paying for none of it. And so I just love that play. Um, for for young people so never think one you're you're too young and then two that uh, you don't have enough money because like Ramsey and Blake were saying you can save up it's not as much money as you probably think it it's going to be you can get a 150 200,000 house I don't know what people's markets are in or things like that for three five percent especially as a first-time home buyer um, I don't know what that, y'all may know, know that rule better than me with the FHA loans and things like that, but you can find houses that you can afford. And I would also add to your point, um, you know, I think that there's a, I, with our parents and, and our parents' parents, you know, 20% down was, was the standard. And so, you know, they hear from their parents or from their grandparents, oh, if you don't have 20% down anymore, you got to pay the PMI, you know, that, that private mortgage insurance. And they think, you know, if I, um, I may have 5% to put down now, but I don't have to pay the PMI. Well, if you look at the amount the PMI is, it's actually pretty small. And they also don't realize that once they're going to pay the PMI on a conventional loan for the life of the loan on FHA, you do, but on a, on a, on a conventional loan, you're only going to pay that until you reach 20% value paid. And you, if they think I've literally had clients tell me, well, I'm just going to keep saving for the next couple of years until I've got 20% down. Cause I'm trying to save, you know, that 35 mm. or that $50 a month. 
Well, look at property values and how much right. they go up over that three to five years that you're going to save. You're going to spend way more than you would have spent if it was that 30 to $50 extra a month, then, then you're going to pay more in the actual value of the home. Now that you finally saved 20%. Yeah. Um, so you, there's a lot of things to think about. Yeah, that's good. And just for, can you describe what PMI is just for listeners who might not know what that stands for? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. So basically um, banks are constantly assessing risk, right? Um, and so if you put less than 20% down in a home, then the, the bank has to insure that loan, right? On an FHA loan, which is a federally insured loan, um, that PMI is going to be a private mortgage insurance that's going to last for the life of the loan. So say 30 years or whatever, you know, most of our generation doesn't stay in the house for 30 years. They're only going to stay in it for, you know, five years or so anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with the conventional loan, you're going to pay that PMI, but you, and say you put down 5% or you put down 10%, that PMI is going to change. The more you put down, the less the PMI. And then once you reach 20% value paid, so you've paid up to 20%, um, and as the house, of course, increases in value, that, that number can change too. Um, then that PMI completely falls off, right? And so that is to cover the bank should you stop paying, right? So should you default on the mortgage, they've got an insurance to help kind of cover that loss. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of real estate lingo that is to be learned. And what I just hope people that listen to this podcast, I just call financial literacy. It's its own language, just like Spanish or anything else. It just takes time. Um, and uh, what, But once you're in that circle of people, you're just talking with real estate agents and things like that. They've mentioned PMI and FHA and whatever other acronyms. And you just start learning that stuff as you go, just by being in that circle. So it's a lot of terminology that you learn, but uh, once you, once you start to understand it, you can understand how to take advantage of it. And so I think that's super important. the, The most, the most important takeaway on the, on understanding PMI is that PMI is private mortgage insurance. And so for, if you have, 5% 5% down on, uh, on your house when you're buying it. Um, you have a certain amount of, you know, private mortgage insurance on top of your mortgage or as part of your mortgage that you'll be paying. And then once you get 10%, it typically goes down a little bit. Once you get 15, it goes down. And then at 20%, you have no more PMI as a payment at all, which is a big part of why a lot of people would advise that you have 20% down when you purchase your house. Yeah, they're just thinking it's going to be less of a monthly payment, which it is. But is it worth waiting? Yeah, it may not be. A well, one of my favorite quotes is, "Don't wait to buy real estate. Buy real estate and wait." Uh, and it nice. is always like true. It it is going to go up eventually. Maybe it's a down year, but uh, it's worth it to have some real estate in your portfolio. Well, I think this has been a great discussion as we kind of come to an end here, how can people reach out to you guys? Let our listeners know how to reach out to you guys if they, if they want a real estate agent to talk with. Rackleyteam.com or give us a call. Our, our, uh, if you want to throw our, slap our phone numbers on there. Sure. You know, um, text or call us anytime. We're, we're here to make it easy and make it a lot more fun and make a lot more money doing it. And we're awesome. also at Rackley team on uh, social media. We're on Instagram and Facebook um, and also uh, Chase Rackley on YouTube. So perfect. We will leave those in show notes for sure. Um, well, awesome. Uh, having all you guys on. Thanks for uh, coming to this episode of Money Vision U and letting our listeners get a little bit of idea 
of what to look for in buying a first home. Okay, thank you, Stuart. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Money Vision U. If this is something that added value to you, then please subscribe, leave a review, and share. We are passionate about teaching financial literacy so you can learn to take control of your financial future. If you want to learn more, then follow us on social media platforms at Money Vision U. We look forward to catching you in the next class.